0: An atrial septical defect or ASD is a hole in the wall, the septum between the two upper chambers of your heart. Now the condition is present at birth, which means it's congenial and small defects might be found by chance and they may never cause a problem. But some small defects close during infancy or early childhood a hole in your heart. Darning. Now, darning is a traditional method of repairing fabric damage or holes that do not run along a seam. And where patching is impractical would cause, create or cause discomfort for the wearer of the socks such as on the heel of a sock. Now, the idiom to feel a hole in one's heart. Well, the idiom definition is a feeling of sadness, usually because someone is gone. For example, when James died, Susan felt like she had a hole in her heart. Susan was very sad. Holes in your heart. Darning socks. What is the comparison? What is the similarity? Well, here are some lyrics from a song. Father McKenzie... Writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. No one comes near. Look at him working, darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. What does he care? Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. My name is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. I seek to inform with care and compassion and speak for those who can't speak for themselves. I use history to uncover inspirational heroes from the past and music to motivate us to think and inspire us to act from the best versions of ourselves. Hole in Our Hearts, Darning of Socks comes from the song for this week, Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby is a song by the Beatles, and it came from their 1966 album, Revolver. Now, you can also find Eleanor Rigby on a double A-sided single partnered with Yellow Submarine. Paul McCartney wrote the majority of the song, and John Lennon was given credit for half of the song. Now, Paul came up with the melody... For Eleanor Rigby as he was experimenting on the piano and at first the name was not Eleanor Rigby the first name that he chose was Miss Daisy Hawkins and he played it for a singer song composer named Donovan and he heard McCartney sing it before it was completely finished and Paul told this story he was sitting at his piano one night and the first few Pieces of the song came to him and he just got this name in his head. Daisy Hawkins picks up the rice in the church. And he said he didn't know why he couldn't think of much more than that. So he just put it away for a couple of days. Then he started thinking about the name Father McCartney and all the lonely people. But then he thought to himself, well, if that's about my dad sitting and darning his socks. Paul said his dad was pretty happy. So he just randomly went to the telephone book and got Father McKenzie out of the telephone book. That's where he got the name Father McKenzie. Now, Eleanor Rigby was a very, very popular song. And where did he come up with the name Eleanor Rigby from? Got it. an actress named Eleanor Braun, who starred with the Beatles in their film, Help. The Beatles had a film called Help and, Eleanor Braun was in the movie. And Rigby, well, that was the name of a store. Rigby and Evans, LTD, Wine and Spirit Shippers. So that's what he named it, Eleanor Rigby. And he said when he looked at it, it felt like it was natural. Now, this song was very popular. The Beatles did it, but then also... Ray Charles recorded it and did a version of it on the Dick Cavett show. The Four Tops did a cover of it in 1969. And even Aretha Franklin released a version of Eleanor Rigby as well. Joan Baez recorded the song in 1967. Booker T and the MGs and the Jerry Garcia Band even recorded versions of Eleanor Rigby. So well over time, there were 300 different artists who has performed Eleanor Rigby at one time or another. Now, there's a great big theme in Eleanor Rigby. I remember hearing this song when I was in seventh grade, and my seventh grade English teacher played us Eleanor Rigby, and she talked about the themes within the song. And you can find these themes, they're very strong in some of the lyrics Ah, look at all the lonely people. Ah, look at all the lonely people. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been, lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Where do they all belong? So you see, you have this woman She's at a wedding, she's picking up the rice, but it says that she lives in a dream. So she may have been there, but she wasn't necessarily connected to the people at the wedding. Keeping her face in the jar could symbolize putting on makeup to try to be somebody you aren't. But there's people who are lonely and we don't know where they all come from. And we wonder if there are conditions, because we're wired for connections, but are there conditions that can cause us to be disconnected and become some of those lonely people? Let's take a look. Marshall Major Taylor was an African-American athlete, and he was considered a cycling legend, greatest bicyclist of his era, era. He set world records winning world championships and multiple national championships, but all while battling racism throughout his career. His career spanned from the late 1800s to the early 1900s. And in those days, he would be the equivalent of what LeBron James and Michael Jordan are today. Now, he was born in 1878. And he started racing bikes at 12 years old. And between several years, he set records in the quarter mile and in the two mile race. He raced on roads and he excelled in the velodrome as well. And people were calling him the black cyclone. And he went in the history books as the first African-American to become a cycling world champion when he won the sprint event at the 1899 World Track Championships. He then, after that, traveled around the country and the world to race against the best racers into the early 1900s. But what ended up happening? Well, Taylor had to cope with racism. In his face, his entire life, prejudice during his life, his racing career. Some track owners didn't want him racing there and they banned him from their venues. He was sometimes booed and heckled and made fun of and mocked by white spectators. He wasn't allowed to join with some other cyclers in cycling clubs. He was even talking about he was elbowed and by competitors, tried to slow him down. He was physically attacked. He had nails thrown in front of his tires, and he also received death threats. So in 1910, at the age of 32, he retired from competitive racing. And what he said was there was the mental strain of battling racism in his competitive cycling career as one of the reasons for his retirement. He had a lot of success and countless achievements. But he went into poverty in later years of his life and died of a heart attack in 1932. Now, recently, he was rediscovered and people began to revive his story and introduce it to a new generation. And now you will find memorials to Taylor in Indianapolis with the Major Taylor Velodrome, Major Taylor Boulevard in Massachusetts are some of the tributes that have been created to honor Major Taylor. Another example of a film on ESPN, The Six Days, The Six Day Race, The Story of Marshall Major Taylor. And that focused on his career when he went from a locally known racer to a nationally known figure. And they finished it with a grueling race called the Six Day Race. And a lot of people said a black man could never do this, never didn't have the skills and the fortitude to be able to succeed. But he did. He succeeded in those races. So we have this this strain this this idea of loneliness and what do we do with loneliness well you can do several things i think the first thing if you experience loneliness you can see some of loneliness as a chance to be able to repair yourself Now, psychology today says that loneliness is a state of distress or discomfort that results when one perceives a gap between one's desire for social connection and actual experience of it. So sometimes people can even be alone when they're surrounded by a lot of people. But then Albert Einstein said, I live in that solitude, which is painful in youth, but delicious in the years of maturity. So. Holding both views in his hand, loneliness was both painful to Einstein, but then also he found it to be a chance to heal, a chance to learn while he was in solitude. So we've got loneliness. Now there's another study conducted by Reed Larson, and he surveyed children in their daily habits of being alone and also being with others. And he tracked how much of their time was spent being alone, and they tracked if their alone time, if they felt it was forced or if it was desired. And what they found is that there was a positive relationship between solitude and their psychological health. So it said that sometimes people who spent a moderate time alone were better adjusted. And Better, actually, than people who spent either little time alone. So they felt less, less self-conscious, higher levels of concentration, and had lower levels of depression and alienation and reported feeling better after being alone. So Larson's study shows that if people are engaging in solitude, well, it acts as some form of self-regulation, helping us balance that constant state of positive and negative emotion states that happen to all of us and larson speculated that well there could be a way when we have these negative moods on the surface that if we can get into solitude we can learn something about us that can help us to heal so that it returns us to the lyrics of the song i'll look at all the lonely people i look at all the lonely people. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in a church where a wedding has been, lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Where do they all belong? So we can look at this in several ways. One, we probably will be a lonely person at one point or another in our lives, but we can use that as a time to heal, to use the solitude to heal, to help us to move forward into connection at another day. Or we ourselves can help the lonely by initiating, by contacting others, by choosing to be generous, You can call or you can text or you can say hi to someone or anyone on a daily basis. Do this each day during the holiday in December. Also, you can honor and validate the accomplishments of other people. When we think about why Marshall Taylor retired, it was because people were marginalizing his talent. And that weighs on individuals. So if you are in a position where you are working with somebody, helping somebody, managing somebody, you can validate their contribution. You can honor their contribution. You can acknowledge their contribution. Acknowledging a person's contribution is a way to build connection. The more connection we build, the less lonely people we have. And we begin to heal those broken hearts. So can you be today, this month, this year, a person who tries to heal holes that are in hearts? This is Stephen Thompson, and thank you for being a part of my experience. I may know you or I may not, but know this. You are valuable. You are loved. You have talents and you have gifts. I want you to go out and put some good into the world. I don't know where you are in your journey, but you find your gifts and you use them today. Go out and put some good into the world. Thank you so much. And I will see you again in another week. Bye-bye.